I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of plants for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Warfield Plants, I'm up in uh, Shropshire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and uh, hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries along the way. Well, my diary has been uh, dominated by the September Chelsea Flower Show and I can tell you it's pretty well all-consuming. I mean, for example, last Thursday saw me up at four on a dark, misty morning and then up into the cab of a 16-tonne lorry to take 16 trolleys of plants to the Royal Hospital grounds in Chelsea. You know, looking uh, across the city skyline from high up gives a much better view than I will have had low down in my car. And even with our 5.30am start, It still took over four hours to fight our way through the traffic to that uh, great Royal Hospital area, on site, ready to offload. This is the first ever September Chelsea. Wider pathways for social distancing, fewer larger show gardens and exhibitions in the great pavilion. First-time visitors have uh, found plenty to interest and occupy them, but uh, I think some of us old-timers like me, with visits dating back to 1952, remember more flower-filled times. Indeed, for me, the uh, big show gardens down the main avenue looked to be in mourning. They were so colourless and dull. No doubt skilled camera work and uh, some nice sunny days will make them look attractive on screen, but they're far from the kind of garden I want to see when uh, drawing the curtains each morning. There are still plenty of horticultural skills, especially in the Great Pavilion. I mean, Raymond Everson's clematis uh, have already been referred to, and along with Harkness roses, the way they cut back show plants last May with the postponement and then tended them carefully through the summer months to delay blooming until late September demonstrates what extraordinary skills they have. I went to see Philip Harkness last Friday and... uh, test the lovely fragrance of his new Queen Elizabeth II rose. I think I'm the only gardening journalist to be uh, given that exclusive treat. All of the bushes have been so hard pruned back to provide budding eyes, there were few flowers to put on display at the show. Some £2.50 from the sale of each Queen Elizabeth II rose will go to the Queen Elizabeth Scholarship Trust. It's a charity founded in 1990 
by the Royal Warrant Holders Association dedicated to excellence in British craftsmanship with the support for many skills from guitar making to thatching, print and to enamelling. Great charity, a lovely rose. Hopefully the fragrance will give pleasure to lots of people. Next week, I hope to bring you uh, some interviews from leading horticulturists at that show and in the Great Pavilion. But meantime, some seasonal advice. I mean, when I am home and it's still just light enough, I'm going to the row of autumn raspberries and can pick a small punnet of really lovely, large raspberry fruits from uh, two autumn fruiting kinds, polka and autumn treasure. They need to be kept well watered. Boy, they do love moisture at this time of the year especially. And of course, a bit of uh, general fertiliser diluted in that irrigation. I've had a number of questions, especially on coleus, the variety bonfire. It has a, a rich reddish to copper leaf and is slow to set flowers and so it's a really good foliage plant both outside through the summer early autumn and of course as a pot plant or a house plant and now is a very good time to take some softwood cuttings they should root pretty easily now just nip out the flower bud if you don't have any non-flowering shoots pot them in some good rooting compost a white polythene bag over the pot, a nice warm sunny windowsill and they should root quite quickly. As soon as they do start to root, take the polythene off and you'll need to be very careful with the watering. Just keep them a bit on the dry side through the winter and then you'll have a nice fresh stock to both take cuttings from again in the spring and to plant out in the summer. Our guest in the podcast today is Phil Tremaine. He's the general manager of the Association of Professional Landscapers. And just a little while ago, we met up in Birmingham at the Gardener's World Live special. Phil, first welcome. Where are you? Oh, I'm actually down in, um, I'd love to say sunny Cornwall, but it's actually uh, pouring down with rain at the moment, which is typical of Cornwall, <laughs> as most people know. Well, we could do with a bit of that rain. But uh, let's just talk a bit about the um, demonstration garden that you built, designed by Professor David Stevens. Could you sort of describe it a bit to um, our listener? It was a concept that we came up with about five years ago, to be honest, and uh, we'd already had one stab at it at um, Ascot Flower Show. That was four or five years ago, and I had Claudia de Jong help me design that one. The whole purpose of the garden was about what lies beneath, and it was trying to show the, the visiting public that there's more to a garden than just the veneer that you see on the surface that, that in actual fact most of the work that goes on in a landscape garden is underneath that surface now down at ascot um, we we did a much smaller plot and we used glass panels that you could view the garden through the subsurface the problem is is that none of us really thought about it that well and the the glass steamed up throughout the whole show i spent nearly the whole show lifting glass panels and wiping them um, and, and putting them down again. 
<laughs> so, but not to be deterred by this, I talked to the organisers at BBC Gardeners World Live and gave them the concept and they really liked the idea and thought it was really valuable for their visitors. They've got a very strong relationship with David Stevens and uh, said, would I mind working with David? And of course, it's an honour to work with David. So I was more than happy. And David came up with this great idea of you walk on the surface and then to the left of you or the right of you, depending on which way you're walking, you see what lies beneath the surface that you're walking on. To get all the elements we needed, though, in this garden, it ended up being 24 metres long and eight metres wide. It was a huge project. And on paper, it looked so doable, Peter. It looked really easy to do. I, I don't think any of us really appreciated until we dug the foundation for the long retaining wall that we were putting along the back of the plot at actually what we had taken on it was huge and and uh, it turned out really well though we were really pleased with the end result well as visitors walked along the pavement what did they actually see on your garden phil what we did, um, we we attempted to expose cross sections of what lay underneath the the veneers that were on the top or the surfaces that they were walking on. So I'll give you a for instance. We had a paved area that had a sawn sandstone paving. Uh, above it that's what they could walk on and when they looked to their right or left they could see underneath it the 50 mil bed of mortar that the paving slab is set upon then 150 mil of compacted type 1 MOT which then the mortar would sit upon and then a, a layer of unwoven textile underneath that which is what we would use traditionally as a ground stabilization to stop the type 1 ingressing into the soil so it gave them a full cross section of what they should expect to see when their patio is being laid we actually backed it up though all those specifications are actually on our web page as well where it's listed what they should expect in a garden project well i think it's not just on landscaping i think when we're gardening too the preparation is everything isn't it you know they say spend twice as much on the whole as the plant and that's pretty good advice well, that old adage, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. It's it's the same throughout the whole of everything that you do in life. And uh, I've also found that within horticulture, and I'm sure you know this, Peter, as well as I do, that it does take time. You cannot rush things that are linked to horticulture and, and gardening and landscaping. You have to do the preparation right, and you have to take your time over those things and in, ensure that you get it get it right first time. And that's what we did, um, yeah, at Gardener's World and uh, what our members do, you know, frequently. If it comes, for example, to a retaining wall, you need some skill or experience, really, don't you? The weight of soil against something is really quite heavy. I mean, I, w I don't think I'd know how to set out, quite honestly. Um, I, I've a, I have a fellow called John who came here and did some block paving for me, must be 30 if not 40 years ago, and, and give him a trowel. I mean, he's an absolute craftsman. 
How is it that we achieve this with practice and training? What? <laughs> well, that, yeah, some of these some of these guys have been doing it for so long, and uh, and it and in some instances it may have been a case of trial and error. I certainly know with retaining walls. I mean, the the, the sort of structures that are being built in gardens these days is very often good advice to actually look upon another expert in the field and and actually get a structural engineer's report if you're doing anything that's significant in retention of soil and we do advise our members that anything over 600 mil is usually beneficial to get a structural engineer's report depending on what you're retaining of course and and paving one or two tips if you were facing a paving an area what should one do well i mean obviously the the thing with paving is uh, the first thing you've got to think about is where water's going to go when you've paved that surface you've got to consider where your falls are going to be and where you're going to direct the water that lands onto your paving whether that's going to go into a drain or whether that's going to go into a flower bed or onto a lawn you certainly want it going away from your house wherever possible because you don't want water going towards the house and then there's also elements where you have to consider what soil you've got. Now, if you've got some really light sandy soil, then you may have to do a significant dig out to get to something that's firm enough to start putting your subbase in, for instance. If you've got a clay soil, then you've got considerations of when you've done your dig out, there could be some ground heave after you've done the paving, and then the whole thing can start to move when the ground warms up or gets too wet. So there are lots of considerations in the grounds works ahead of the actual paving itself and that's what we were trying to indicate with what lies beneath there are these big considerations to make before you actually do your paving and that's why as a if you're a DIYer the, you certainly need to get some advice and there are uh, plenty of places where you can get good advice but to actually employ an expert who knows who understands ground conditions and can do these things for you is probably a good option well generally speaking uh, in life you get what you pay for don't you i don't know whether i'm fortunate but if i go to buy something in an area where i don't have much experience i don't want the cheapest i want the best and then i want value for money in, when it comes to landscaping if you went to uh, one of your associated professional landscapers, presumably they would uh, set you a price. And are you able to keep the price? Because the weather goes against you sometimes, doesn't it, on jobs? When you look at all these, the sort of like advice to the consumer about getting price for work, I mean, they usually say get three quotes, don't they? Um, and that, that seems to be a general thing. And if you get three quotes from a landscaper, the tendency is with people, and uh, I, I hate to generalise, but it does seem to be a, a thing that people will always go to the cheapest price without actually looking at the detail of what each individual company is offering. Now, if you've got two companies that are, let's for instance, say 15,000, and you've got one that's coming in at 6,000, then alarm bells should be ringing, <laughs> really, that, 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 that there's something missing. <laughs> that they aren't doing quite the same as the other two that are a bit more close on price. Look at the detail. The devil is in the detail and ask your landscapers to explain their quotations for you because if you have a conversation with them, they will be able to explain how that price is built up and then you can make your judgment from that. And as you say, Peter, then it's about value for money. You know, one of them might be just very expensive because they've got lots of overhead 
overheads and uh, and that might be the case but you need to look at the detail of what they're actually supplying for you you've mentioned uh, professor david stevens uh, as the designer of your birmingham garden um, what part do garden designers play because i come across uh, quite a lot of garden designers who've done no more than uh, a terms training and and it worries me a bit that their training and experience is not deep enough the the thing is is that garden designers nowadays it is very easy to get a garden design qualification and to set yourself up as a garden designer what the what the young designers that are doing and i i i put young in inverted commas because they're not always young in age they're just young in experience and um they what they're tending to do now what we're advising is is that they work with the landscape contractor and don't try and do things that they're not quite experienced enough to do yet so if they work with their landscaper and allow the landscaper to actually advise on the construction methods of things i think that's a very positive thing because one thing that garden designers do and i'm sure a lot of the design and build companies welcome is that they do have fresh ideas they have new ideas of garden design they quite often are slightly more creative you know in their thoughts and the use of products and things like that so they do have a place within the scheme of of the garden design and build well then phil you know we've spoken about the construction and the design what about plants uh, because I come across some garden uh, designers whose knowledge of plants is a little bit thin. I mean, do you have a good experience in the use of plants? Well, I trained as a grower many years ago. I did my training at Burncoos Nurseries down in Cornwall. I'm sure you know Burncoos, Peter, uh, had a huge range of plant material. And um, so I had a really good plant knowledge. I'll be honest, it's not as good now because I haven't, I don't work with them so much anymore. And it's amazing how much you forget. Every designer seems to have about 20 to 30 plants that they use regularly. And they're the ones that they know and they rely on those plants. But of course, plant supply is difficult now. So so it's whether or not the plants that people want are, are actually out there, are actually still being grown by the growers. So there, there's a lot that goes into the planting of gardens now. Well, if, if you worked at Burncoes, it's a fantastic nursery, some great plants people there with, without question. But in more recent years, we're moving towards bigger things, aren't we? You had a demonstration of planting a semi-mature tree at Birmingham. Uh, when you get to bigger things, they need special attention too, don't they? They do. I mean, there's lots of considerations to have about the, the larger plant specimens that you have. And at Birmingham on the bigger trees, we obviously had an anchoring system. That's because you've got, you know, potentially four to six metres above the ground and you've got to anchor that root ball into the ground or else it's just going to blow over at some stage and people don't want to see unsightly stakes and ties anymore and and it's actually the anchoring system is better for the tree in many respects but on the larger plants where the mistakes can quite often happen there is that people don't prepare the hole well enough for those plants don't dig the hole big enough don't put enough nutrient around in the base of the hole and things and then certainly you have to think about having an irrigation system because when they go into the ground and they come out of the pot and uh, away from that you know that nursery environment they are gonna they are gonna start to suffer so having a good irrigation system is key from a landscaper's point of view the big thing is the handling of those plants when they're delivered 
I mean, there is so much damage done to plants with people not handling them properly when they get on site. And there's a, a lot of training out there for landscapers that on plant handling. It, it seems a weird thing, but it's, it is so important to handle those plants correctly when they come on site. Well, where would you get that kind of training? I mean, if I was a young man with my wheelbarrow, like like old DJ Squire <laughs> in the thirties setting off to do a bit of landscaping. Does the Association of Professional Landscapers provide training? We work with training academies, really. So there's what there's a training academy now in the northwest called the Landscape Academy, who delivers that sort of thing. Um, there is one in the in the West Midlands called Task, who who also deliver that sort of thing to to people who wish to take on that sort of training. The APL actually has its own apprenticeship course as well, which is up in Preston, and we get Jamie Butterworth to come up and give sessions to our apprentices on plant handling and planting combinations and things like that so you know there there is a, a great emphasis on on the care and the handling and the use of plants now within the industry people it's great that the industry has woken up to the usefulness of plants in garden design and garden landscaping it's a it's a bit of a shame peter that some of the public now are intent on having as few plants as they can in their gardens it would seem there's so many now that don't want plants because they look for this low or no maintenance yeah. Well, I, I think we have to fight against that. And uh, certainly I've worked with you and your colleagues trying to persuade people to leave the front gardens with some soil and with greenery and with yeah. flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I look forward to seeing more of those uh, beautiful demonstration gardens of the kind that you built at Birmingham just a few weeks ago. Phil, thanks very much for your words of advice today. Yeah, that was, it's a pleasure, Peter. It's always a pleasure to speak to you and uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of this year. Then my tailpiece. Well, this week, a quote from My houseplant changed my life. Green well-being for the great indoors. A book published by... Uh, Dorley and Kindersley, DK, at uh, 9.94, and written by David Dominey of ITV's Love Your Garden. Goodness, what a man, so full of enthusiasm for all aspects of gardening, and a great pied piper of young people, showing them just how they can get uh, pleasure and satisfaction from growing things. And the quote from his book, my houseplant changed my life, of uh, Vresia splendens, the flaming sword plant. He says of this plant, I dazzle by day and help you breathe at night. A member of the Borrelia genera, that's uh, pineapples, that breathe and produce oxygen at night, unlike most houseplants that uh, only produce uh, O2 in the day. Combine the flaming sword, Vresia splendens, with other plants and you will have 24-hour oxygen production. So there we are. If you've got a flaming sword handy, sleep well tonight. And I look forward to joining you again next week. My thanks to this week's sponsor, Warfield Plants, from up in the Shropshire, and to my producer Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening. Garden was the best
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.